his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. It's 930 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. Now, Brian Mazarowski outside. Currently, we're looking at a little bit of a cooler start for us. Few clouds, 61 degrees in Buffalo. The Great Northern Grain Elevator is a step closer to being demolished. Channel 2 is reporting that building owner ADM has filed demolition and safety plans with the city of Buffalo. Heavy equipment is at the site, all suggesting that demolition could begin at any time. Preservationists, meanwhile, continue last-minute attempts to try to stop it. The Grain Elevator suffered a gaping hole on the north side of the structure last December in a windstorm. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky calling for the reset of the entire agency after an internal review faulted the CDC's response to the COVID pandemic. Faith Abube has more from Washington. The CDC director says the agency spent 75 years preparing for a health crisis like the COVID pandemic. But when the big moment came, they did not reliably meet expectations. And as part of the sweeping changes, Dr. Walensky is calling for internal CDC staffing changes. She also wants the agencies to share information faster and in plain, easy to understand language. The agency review found the CDC's COVID guidelines on masks, vaccines, and more have been, quote, confusing and overwhelming. No Iranian affiliation. The New Jersey man who allegedly stabbed author Salman Rushdie last week at Chautauqua said he has not been in contact with Iran, whose former Supreme Leader put a hit out on Rushdie in 1989. For the first time since he was seen attacking famed author Salman Rushdie, Hadi Matar is talking, telling the New York Post in a jailhouse interview he thought he killed him, saying, quote, when I heard he survived, I was surprised. Rushdie, who has faced death threats for decades after publishing his novel, The Satanic Verses, was set to give a talk at the Chautauqua Institution in western New York when Matar rushed the stage, allegedly stabbing him more than 10 times. That's Eva Pilgrim, Hadi Matar, due in court tomorrow. And the Chautauqua Institution now requiring photo identification for access to the grounds at the ticket office. There will also be extra security screening at venues, including metal detectors, prior to entering the amphitheater. Over in Eden, a typically quiet street, now on the lookout for vandals, WBEN's Tom Puckett has the story. Eden Police Chief Greg Savage says for the fifth time, a home on Hillbrook has been hit by a vandal. Video cameras can see a subject arriving at the, at the house on foot. Uh, he throws an object through the front window and then he flees through the yards. Very similar in nature to six prior incidents that have happened 
down there on Hillbrook. In all, this is the seventh such incident along Hillbrook. Savage says police are looking for a person spotted in Monday's video. We have not identified the person. We're working on it. Uh, hopefully once we do and we're able to talk to that person, um, you know, it could lead us to more information. But at this point, what we're trying to do right now is to identify the individual who threw the object through the window. Savage says there have been some ongoing disputes within the neighborhood. We have photos from the last incident online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you. Four busloads of migrants who had crossed the border into Texas arrived in New York City yesterday. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been sending migrants to New York and Washington, D.C. to ease pressure on his state. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has asked for federal help in handling the wave of migrants. Abbott accused Adams of hypocrisy, saying the city's not welcoming the migrants as it claimed it would. When the mayor began complaining about just getting a small trickle, of what Texas has to deal with all the time, I sent him a letter and I invited him to come down to the border and see firsthand the chaos that exists in Texas. Why he's ever complaining for one moment about these people being bussed into a city goes against his own self-declaration of being a sanctuary city. That's Texas Governor Greg Abbott. All right, interesting back and forth there. We'll be uh, taking a look at National politics coming up this morning. Jay O'Brien among our guests coming up at 7 o'clock. Witnesses say a former NFL player started the brawl at a Texas youth football game that ended with a coach being shot and killed. Now the victim's loved ones demanding people be held accountable. Multiple witnesses say Akib Talib, a five-time pro bowler in the NFL, came onto the field to confront the referees and then allegedly punched Mike Hickman, a coach from the opposing team. Police say Akeem's brother, Yakub Talib, then pulled out a gun and opened fire, killing Hickman. Akeem Talib has not been charged. In a statement, his attorney says his client was present when this unfortunate incident occurred and is very distraught and devastated over this terrible loss of life. That's Rhiannon Alley reporting. Millions of dollars in damages have been awarded in a jailhouse scheme in Pennsylvania. It's been called one of the worst judicial scandals in U.S. history. Two former Pennsylvania judges orchestrating a scheme dubbed Cash for Kids, sending children to for-profit jails in exchange for kickbacks. Former judges Mark Chiavarella and Michael Conahan ordered to pay more than $200 million to nearly 300 people they victimized. Court documents show they sent children as young as eight to newly constructed, privately run jails as the builder and co-owner gave them $2.8 million in illegal payments. The state Supreme Court threw out some four thousand juvenile convictions after the scheme was uncovered both judges now serving a combined 45 years in prison derek dennis abc news just an unbelievable story uh, just south of here in pennsylvania and back home still a few days left to enjoy the erie county fair you've got uh, now through the weekend the fair runs through sunday wben's brayton wilson is there there has been quite a rich history of happenings over the 182 years of the erie county fair from stories of the fair to different events and occasions at the hamburg fairgrounds a good chunk of that history has been documented and brought to life thanks to the work of the folks of the erie county fair heritage and history center we have several permanent exhibits here every year but we always change annually especially with anniversaries. So with the 100th anniversary of the Conservation Building, so celebrating that with the Child's Fish Pond, and we also have the 8th anniversary of the Buffalo Raceway with Antique Sulky and several of the artifacts from that. 
as well. That's the director of the Heritage and History Center, Jason Steinagel. The History Center is actually the oldest building at the Hamburg Fairgrounds, starting out as a women's facility in 1885. The building has also served as the Health and Science Building and recently was the Antiques Mall before becoming what it is today. When you enter the Heritage and History Center at the fair, you will find a number of different exhibits and infographics displaying different tidbits, historical facts, and artifacts through the fair's history. While the Heritage Center has already logged a great deal of history at the fairgrounds overall, they're not stopping towards gathering more information for their database. Especially with the growing influence of the internet and social media, Steinagel and his group are encouraging people to document their own recollections of the fair and then putting those memories online. Throughout the years, many people have come in and actually shared their fair stories with us. Now we're making it more formal. If you'd like to share stories with us, please write them down. Uh, we'd like to collect them and preserve them and share them on the internet. It'll hopefully spark other memories, inspire those to actually preserve our history and our culture as well. More from the Heritage and History Center at the Erie County Fair is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for intervals of clouds and sunshine. A spot shower or thunderstorm is possible as we head into the afternoon. The high temperature into the upper 70s. After an isolated shower thunderstorm this evening, we're left with patchy clouds and starlight. The overnight low temperature into the low and mid-60s. Friday brings ample sunshine from hilltop to lakeshore. Highs near 80. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Niagara Falls School Superintendent Mark Laurie is joining us this morning with school starting in really just over two weeks. Uh, Mark, you're dealing with a lot this summer. We've talked to you before about staff shortages, but on security, we want to ask what is new, what's different in your district this year with security? Well, good morning. And, and security is a continuous process in our district and I think in most school districts. So we are expanding our uh, weapons detection to our elementary schools. We are uh, into a couple of construction projects that will uh, provide secure vestibules at every single school. We are piloting a Raptor technology program that reads the license of anybody who is entering the building. We are also looking to arm and alarm all 340 of our exterior doors to make a signal uh, sound that if one were to be propped open or left open or uh, held open for too long of a period of time. I just think that we need to continue to scaffold and add to and monitor and grow our security platform because uh, this is really the pandemic that doesn't seem to have any end to it. On the security issue, we've talked about this before, new technology to beef up security while not standing in the way of, you know, a school-like feeling. You don't want it to feel like a prison. You want it to feel like a school. How is that expanding in Niagara Falls? It's a a real uh, difficult and maybe incongruous proposition, as you you outlined, Brian. So we have to, uh, first of all, let everybody know what we're doing and try to make it as unobtrusive as possible so that the technology is really um, minimized, but the security is maximized. We also need to look at doing things like branding uh, our school better. Um, maybe, the, you know, the colors, the signage, the uh, student artwork, things like that that make it feel welcome and still secure. And I think it always starts with people. As long as our people are welcoming and inviting and, uh, you know, collaborative and cooperative and talking to kids, uh, 
there's no better security measure. There's no technology that replaces uh, conversation and relationship with kids. That is where it all begins. So it's really a combination of bringing that technology, bringing the security uh, forth in its latest fashion, but also being very mindful that we have to talk to kids, that we have to be around kids, that we have to build relationships, and that we have to uh, we have to really be conscious of that juxtaposition between security measures and being trauma-informed. So we're spending a lot of time on that. Are any of these changes with security a result of what happened in Uvalde, Texas? You know, I would really say that the the arming or alarming of all of our exterior doors is certainly something that, you know, came to the forefront. Uh, as we study what happened in that tragedy in Texas, we know it could have been uh, possibly because something was left open, one of the exterior doors. And um, oftentimes as humans, we could get forgetful and, and, and maybe a little bit lazy. And, you know, we're running to our car, we prop a door open because we're going to run back in and we go in another door. And with 340 exterior doors in our district, uh, that that could happen, and it, it's you know it's not acceptable, and we have to plan for it. So I, I would think that when when we read about that, that really heightened our um, our need to make sure that all of our doors, even though we have single points of entry and a lot of cameras, that we we started to monitor and arm and alarm all of our doors, so that that if that could never happen in, in Niagara Falls. On another topic, Mark, we've been hearing uh, more and more. We've talked a lot about school bus drivers. We know that that's been an issue for a long time. But now it's teachers in the news and a shortage in teachers, uh, not just substitute teachers, but teachers in the classroom as well. What are you seeing in Niagara Falls? What has it been like trying to recruit full-time staff and subs? Well, we, we were very fortunate and, and started our, as we've talked about before, started our process to hire in April of last school year. So we're down to, again to our last three positions, uh, but these are the very, very difficult positions to find. And those content areas of science, special education, and school psychologists are where we're still, uh, we're still not there. We also know that, you know, as school comes into opening, There'll be a maternity leave or, or other reason, um, and that leaves us really short with substitutes. Um, we have a backup plan uh, where teachers cover for other teachers. It's not the best, but it's a plan, uh, and uh, I, I think we're going to be okay in that regard, but it, it's going to take some continued work. Substitutes are a huge issue in every district, I believe, because it's such an open market for teachers to go to get regular jobs. And the wait time isn't what it used to be. And of course, in my old saw about bus drivers, I don't think that's changed at all. As a matter of fact, I'm even more concerned this year than last year. And we've made an adjustment to the schedule of the high school students to allow one driver to do two runs. So they're picking up two different groups of kids. Um, Staffing is an issue right now in our district substitutes are at a premium and bus drivers are a concern. You know, you told us last time about that change with the bus schedule. You're having Mm -hmm. middle school and high schoolers picked up at the same time and then the buses can go back and get the elementary kids. How has that gone over with families? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, We've been announcing it for the last couple of months. 
Um, we know high school kids don't like to get up early. Um, we're hoping that this is a short-term solution. We haven't received any negative feedback. Uh, we've been putting it out there. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding when they, when the clock starts, and we've got to see what it, uh, it looks like in terms of any tardiness or attendance. But we bus 5,000 of our 7,000 students, uh, which is just a, a huge number. And uh, if the bus is there, our kids tend to come to school on time, and we have a much better attendance and lack of tardiness. So um, the proof will really be in the pudding. We haven't received a lot of negative feedback. Uh, everybody understands the situation, and uh, it, w at least we're planned ahead. Now, now, how well it works is something that we're going to have to really monitor closely. Well, we'll be watching and uh, mm -hmm. hoping for the best as the Thank school you. year is approaching very soon. Uh, Mark Laurie is Niagara Falls City School Superintendent, joining us live this morning. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.